to the Construction Big Breakfast, where we give you a hearty serving of insider tips and business strategies to help fuel your day so you can thrive in the construction industry. Now, here's your host. Uh, Hello and welcome to another episode of the Construction Big Breakfast. I'm your host, uh, Ben Pritchard, and joining me today are Nicholas and Michael from BIM Fire. Uh, Today, we're going to talk about uh, the Building Safety Bill, uh, the implications that has on the construction industry uh, and maybe a little bit about how we can learn from uh, Scandinavia, the UK, how we can share sort of how uh, we adapt and adopt those changes. Uh, Mikkel, Nicholas, would you like to introduce yourself first? Sure, you go ahead, Nicholas. Hi, yeah, my name is Nicholas. I'm head of digital design here at Beamfire Software. We are a software company trying to help but basically the fire safety engineering discipline move away from PDF world into databases, basically. Uh, and I'm Michael Strongman. I'm uh, the chief innovation officer of uh, Briab. So Briab is a sister company of, uh, uh, of uh, Bimfire, where Briab is the consultancy part. We, we are um, 180 consultants in Scandinavia, uh, so we have uh, fire and risk engineers. Uh, and my background is uh, within uh, uh, fire safety engineering and the research and development field, uh, where I've been working a lot with uh, digitalizations, uh, ways to meet compliance in fire safety, and how we can advance that in the in the ever so changing uh, construction industry. Excellent, excellent. And uh, obviously one question I need to ask you both before we dive into today's topic. What did you guys have for breakfast? I will start. Uh, I start every morning with a cup of black coffee and one toast with plain butter, nothing else. (laughs) Nice and simple, Nicholas. Michael? I had a cheese sandwich. Uh, my mor- mornings are always stressful because we we have the we have two kids, four and seven, so uh, the the logistics in the morning aren't aren't easy. But um, I had a cheese sandwich and uh, of course the the coffee. Yeah, well, a uh, a cup of Yorkshire tea and a bowl of cereal was uh, was my choice this morning. Um, it's the Easter holidays here, so uh, the, the kids were still upstairs at the time, so that made it much easier for me. Um, so uh, the building safety bill um, is something that obviously has been uh, talked about, known about, maybe ignored <laughs> in certain parts of the industry here in the UK, um, but uh, imminently uh, or possibly it will have just passed uh, into law here in the UK. Uh, so before we sort of really get into it, um, would one of you like to sort of, or both of you, uh, take turns in giving us a bit of an overview of what it is, uh, what impact it is going to have on the industry here in the UK? Sure, maybe I could start. Um, so the building safety bill, it's, uh, I think it's, um, it's probably um, maybe the biggest reform on, on building safety in the UK as far as I know. Uh, and of course, you have to realize this is an outsider perspective. We're in Scandinavia, so we might miss some of the nuances. But uh, I've been working a lot with um, uh, European fire safety regulations, and and I see it as one of the biggest reforms that we see in in any countries in Europe uh, right now. And um, one one of the major things I think is uh, 
the clarity or responsibilities. Uh, the, the bill is really taking a life cycle perspective on, on building safety, uh, where fire safety is, uh, of course, uh, very much in, in the highlight. Um, and I think that one, one key aspect is what's deemed as the golden thread of information. So basically the idea is that without Without the proper information trail, uh, we won't have the, the audit trail and uh, the possibilities to um, ensure that we meet uh, the fire safety objectives. Um, and uh, it's uh, quite interesting from a, from a much bigger perspective because we've had uh, very strong fire safety regulations and laws in Europe for since even the medieval times we have uh, it's one of the oldest laws uh, we've had in society uh, fire safety so it's uh, it goes uh, several hundred years back uh, so i think this is a continuation of government having a very strong role in the, in 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 the role of uh, building safety nicholas anything else to add or has michael done a, a great job of uh, framing the bill <laughs> I, I, th I think it had put it quite nicely. What I would say is the impact is quite hard to say because it's all a matter of what kind of information from the fire documentation you need to put in the database. database. Um, because maybe not all the information you want to be able to search for, maybe it's just too much information because too much information could be an issue as well because someone's need to update it uh, and keep track of it in the ever-changing building, especially hospitals or schools. Um, but otherwise, uh, I Michael put it quite nicely. So before we um, sort of delve into how it's going to, you know, how the UK reacts to it, uh, one thing I'd be uh, sort of interested in knowing and understanding a bit more is how does it compare to what you guys see in Scandinavia? Is this us in the UK catching up? Are we setting a new benchmark that the rest of Europe and other parts of the world will look at us and go, oh, we need to be doing that as well? Where are we um, if we benchmark ourselves globally? Well, it's quite interesting because uh, uh, we did a comparison of the uh, regulatory structures in, in UK and Sweden a few years back with, uh, with um, uh, an international renowned expert, Brian Meacham. Uh, where we saw there's a lot of uh, similarities between Sweden and and uh, UK actually, but now I think with the with the bill I think uh, UK is progressing into new ground. It's very government driven as I said, uh, but we have yet to see uh, the the final standard from the industry uh, on information. So we're we're expecting the British standard eight six four four one this uh, summer I believe. Which will outline uh, how will we will you able to um, meet these new requirements and, and what will be the industry practice, uh, and I think that's going to be the crucial part because I, I see that uh, there's all, always a risk uh, when an incident happens that you um, overregulate that you you increase the regulatory burden too much. Uh, we've seen that in in Sweden and in many other countries in Europe. So it's uh, and then in, then you tend to uh, yeah to try to create leaner regulations eventually. Uh, and we have yet to see how this plays out. Um, but uh, I I, uh, I really think that uh, if, if the regulations need to be efficient and it has to be. Uh, up to standards with the latest in in digitalization because that's uh, 
uh, I think digitalization and uh, new ways of managing information effectively is is what we need to to have a uh, reform that that doesn't uh, overburden the industry in practice. Yeah, and I guess effectively is a key word there. I mean, um, uh, you know, in uh, your experience, both of you, um, and in terms of what you've seen, uh, Nicholas, um, designing sort of. Um, uh, digital solutions uh, for this part of the world uh, is the bill and the golden thread. You know, are we really creating more, or just a framework to better understand how to use what's already been created, or a bit of both? <laughs> uh, <clears throat> what I'm afraid of is that you're going to create an information feast. Um, of the standards, what I've seen, especially comparing. The architect model between Norway, Denmark, Sweden, and the UK um, is quite similar. I know that in the UK, the models has a lot more information per component when you're creating those architectural models. Um, the entire thing, what I'm going to hook in what Michael's talking about, when we have a standard, we can start to actually have compliance in a different level of checking the information like automatically. Right now, it seems like everyone do doing their own thing. Uh, I hope the Golden Thread will create the standards that everyone can use. Um, because still in Sweden, it's voluntary how to use BIM. It's basically construction companies telling you we want this information uh, because we have no regulation. Uh, and I'm hoping this bill will give some guidance on what information you can put in and how it should be used. And I think that's one of the, you know, to achieve the, the golden thread of information, you won't be able to do that unless you take a sort of a digital approach to your processes, will you? Agree, agree. Um, because we noticed when we started our digitalization of changing how fire safety engineers should work, um, in the beginning, the engineers wanted to add all this information about <coughs> the stakeholders, the other stakeholders, the uh, facility management, they didn't use it, so it was a waste of time. It feels like because even they create these perfect models. If in the end it's not used and you just only use PDFs, it's it's a waste of time. So it's quite interesting for, for us is what information, where and how it should look like. So you can easily um, search them, you can find them, you can change them during the life cycle. Um, and who in the supply chain is this likely to impact the most? Is it um, your main contractors? Is it your architects, product designers? Is it impacting one part of the value chain more than the other? Or everyone involved now has to stand up and be accountable? I would say everyone. <laughs> and and I, I, I could fill in. Uh... To, to me, it's, it, it also has to be everyone, because uh, I think what the, what the Grenfell revealed is that uh, everything is tied together. So there's no there's no sole actor who can be uh, solely responsible for fire safety, for example, because it's a um, it's a it's a co-work thing where you had to you have to have the clear responsibilities and, and good communications in between these different actors who together create the fire safety of the building, and you have to have these clear um, responsibilities of transfer of responsibilities and so on. Uh, so that's uh, I think that that will be is one of the key points of the bill. And I think it's also important that although you know obviously 
because this is a reactionary in some ways to Grenfell, uh, the focus is on fire engineering, but it is not just fire engineering, is it? It is the building safety bill. There's a little bit more to it than just good fire engineering. Right. Um, we, uh, I'm going to go backwards to a question again now. Um, you, everyone has to be responsible and accountable, but there are um, new roles uh, almost being created, aren't there, by the uh, by the bill um, to really focus the accountability on, on on certain people to be responsible and accountable for achieving the requirements of each gateway um, and really being the the owner of the golden thread. Is that right? Yes, that's right. Um, so I, th I think that that ties back to the life cycle perspective that you uh, these gateways points are created to make sure that you have um, uh, the transfer of responsibilities in between, um, uh, which also means that every, yeah, all um, 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 yeah, in all these phases, someone will be responsible. It's. Um... Uh, quite a scary proposition for a lot of people out there to uh, try and work out where to go to get their head around the requirements to try and understand um, where to start does it impact me when does it impact me uh, you know there'll be lots of people out there just buying lots of software uh, <laughs> which isn't necessarily the answer because there's a bit of a cultural change required as well uh, as all that uh, where do you think is a good place to try and start to try and understand how this might impact you? Other than this podcast. I would say start straight away. Um, it's going to happen. Uh, everyone's going to be makes everyone's going to make mistakes in the beginning. Uh, the first project's going to be probably not that good. <laughs> so I would say just start as soon as possible. Um, yeah, and I would say we have had the question or concern about the liability of the question before, or the topic before, the liability. Uh, having that information, how should that information get into my model, my database? Um, and I think that's going to be more clear when the fire engineers um, actually start using a database because they basically don't right now. They're using Word, Excel, that's it, PDFs. Um, so I think the liability will be clearer. That's why, and but it's going to be a learning curve for everyone. So I think this is start with a small one, probably the best case. And if you have a big one, of course, you will have the financial part covered. But it's easier to, to create one uh, small building <laughs> than a larger one and keep track of that and learn from that. And I could also fill in that there, there's uh, excellent uh, networks in the UK and also internationally if you want to learn more, uh, like uh, BIM for Housing, uh, mm -hmm. which is a, an organization in the industry who, who tries to facilitate this journey. And they even have a, a special uh, workstream for, for uh, fire safety. Uh, and there's also the international uh, groups like uh, uh, Building Smarty International, who works with Open Beam standards and so on, where you have you can find uh, build your network and find the peers who who are um, yeah, facing the same issues. And I would as well worth mentioning, I think the facility management systems. Uh, I think that's going to be a, 
big threshold to overcome for them. Uh, they're used to working not that much with either with databases, mainly paper, Word as well, PDFs, folders. Um, I think that's going to be a huge threshold to overcome uh, this bill. Yeah, the, uh, uh, the the way we hand over information and data at each stage um, is going to have to be a lot better. Um, you can't just have the sort of the drop and hope that someone picks it up and understands. Um, you know, uh, construction. Once you finish construction, you're at PC. If the ops guys don't know what's happening and the maintenance guys don't know what's happening, you know, the 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 real focus on life cycle is key um, uh, through the bill, isn't it? Definitely. One of the um, when we talk about in the UK uh, learning from um, Scandinavia uh, in the uh, construction industry, one of the things that uh, we often look at is the uh, embracing um, sort of timber uh, as a material and how you guys use it much more than we do, much better than we do. Um, but there is a, an unfair connotation probably that uh, timber means fire. <laughs> Um, when it comes to structures, um, I mean, I, how do you um, uh, help people understand that that isn't right? How how can people um, just understand better the what products to use, what materials to use uh, when it comes to this as well? Um, well, I, I'd say that there's a really good. Uh, We've had really good research in uh, in timber fire safety for uh, decades. Um, we uh, we in Scandinavia we we've introduced um, performance based regulations in the 90s, and we have uh, extensive experience of building with timber, uh, where uh, we've uh, uh, implemented the research findings and in, in our building methods. Uh, but we, I think it's also important that we constantly learn of the new findings as well and address the new challenges. Uh, and I think uh, some of the biggest concerns now in the UK is probably that uh, parts of the regulations risk being uh, more prescriptive. You, you may not be able to build uh, with uh, uh, combustible materials in the same way that you could uh, uh, a few years ago. Uh, and of course, there's a concern in that area. So I think that's uh, that's where you uh, maybe the bill can introduce measures where you can um, raise the level of uh, quality in in several areas and then be able to trust the, the industry more again. Uh, but it's uh, I'd say that you you really need a strong cooperation between industry, the the research and the um in and other bodies on the on the market who have um, have a high competence in the in the timber construction i mean michael used a a word i talk about a lot there trust um i think it's one of the things that the construction industry lacks um more than anything um when we talk about collaboration got a little guess behind you there michael <laughs> are you an expert in fire engineering <laughs> Uh, he, he couldn't hear you, unfortunately. He... <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, trust. Um, you, we talk about collaboration. We talk about using data and all this good stuff. Um, but then we get in each other's way because we don't trust uh, any of the information we share with each other at times. Um, and you're right. Um, you know, we've got to work uh, collaboratively, cooperatively to help each other understand 
what the limitations are uh, in terms of our own capability, our own understanding and how we can fill the gaps in together. Definitely. Um, and one thing that, that we have to recall is that we, we've had, um, uh, I think many countries have has had uh, certain problems with different types of materials and construction methods. Uh, and uh, I know in the late 19th century, we had uh, a big problem with uh, uh, some uh, steel construction in Sweden with uh, uh, collapses that occurred, uh, and that's a, an, an, an uncompatible material. But but you still have to address uh, the material properties, right? So I mean, each material and method has to be uh, assessed for their inherent uh, properties. So I think I mean that's uh, uh, that's where we have to be. We have to uh, trust our engineers and and the build the knowledge that we need for the task. And you know, it all becomes so much easier if you've got a good database, Nicholas. Definitely, definitely. Um, the searchability is everything from my end, my point of view. And the the searchability then, which lets you, I, I guess it's all about whatever then, how you build a database, whether you're uh, covering um, product materials, what documents you have or you don't have, all of that, just having it with good metadata, well tagged, all of those key things um, makes everyone's life easier. Yeah, um, the main thing I can see as well is like right now we are in, a, in the middle of transformation. This transformation has been going on for a while, but we are still having getting quite good at creating design models. But then we need to trying to figure out a good way uh, for all construction companies, for, for instance, to be able basically to create an as-built model, then then needs to be translated later on to facility management and that life cycle. And I think that is uh, whether it's material, uh, what kind of products, what if it's the key is what kind of information you need to track and what you need to have for information. Um, do you have to know all the different brands of all the components in your model, whether it's fire safety for fire alarms, or do you need to know it's a fire alarm? It's all that as well. Um, yeah, level of detail is uh, yeah. it's another argument and an important argument. Yeah, you don't need to know how many screws are in your fire alarm, but you need to know what the maintenance arrangements are for it. Certainly. Yeah. Um, and it's interesting. I mean, we're almost. Um, progressing this conversation now then into uh, uh, digital twins. Um, you know, does the golden thread uh, by that need to collect the data, store the data and continually monitor and maintain, um, is that when you're starting to create a bit of a, a digital twin? Yeah, uh, we've seen a few experiments, so to say, with digital twins. Uh, we have a few uh, municipals that use basically Reddit model with entered data of uh, um, as built that they're going to keep they're having a line their life cycle changing the model uh, reading the information into their database more readable using floor plans they have another solution that i've seen that is uh, using uh, point clouds so they point cloud everything and they want to use some ai to read what kind of components there are with from the photos basically mm -hmm. uh, which is super interesting is but it's going to be a hard maybe a hard time when you uh, rebuild or change the layout of the floor plan um, and i think 
it's going to be more, we need to have the bigger facility management, uh, facility owners basically to lead the way, I think, especially in Sweden, because we are quite bad in regulation. So every facility owner basically do this on their own. Uh, no one is forcing them, but they see at least the opportunities to save money, which is in there. And uh, we don't have, I heard, stories about in the uk now the premiums from the insurance companies going up <laughs> yeah and we don't have that issue here but our facility owners actually see the possibility to even influence the um, insurance company we can give you this information could you lower it <laughs> oh it, it's interesting i mean often uh, I, I mean, government is the biggest client uh, of construction one way or the other, uh, directly and indirectly in the UK. So often, and it's worked well with things like the BIM mandate uh, uh, and other things. Uh, and now they've got a real push for offsite um, and it's creating sort of a, an urgency in the industry to, to do it. So often here in the UK, we need that push um, to do better. Um, but we always sort of we look longingly uh, for certain things uh, over to you guys in Scandinavia and it's interesting that you've got none of that but you still achieve it <laughs> um, uh, so I mean is that just a cultural thing um, or is there something more that our historical expectation here in the UK we're waiting for government to do something so we'll wait until they do it before we do it whereas you don't have that so you just get on with it Well, I I think that we um, um, if we look into the mirror, I think we we have similar problems in Sweden, but maybe they take a different shape. Because uh, I'm I'm leading another effort for um, we're trying to create a national uh, strategy for standardization in construction, um, and we 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 also in that area we see that the industry is waiting for the government to do something first uh, before delving in. Uh, so I think that's. Uh, that could also be an, an inherent problem for the construction industry because there's so many different stakeholder groups uh, and the incentives for each group to make a change is too small for it to happen. Uh, and you don't have uh, any big players who own a, a, a large part of the market, enough more large part of the market to do to drive the change itself. Uh, so I think that's uh, that's something with the sector that that's uh, that's probably common in most countries. Uh, but there may be, maybe other driving forces in, in Sweden as well, uh, Niklas, what do you think? I'm so simple that we, I would I would say one thing at least that I think is, we got the small country syndrome that we want to, if you get good at one thing, that put your country on the map. Um, it's like um, if you hear your country in the TV show or a movie, you feel a little bit proud. Once again, it feels like okay, we can at least be best in this, one thing, <laughs> I would try that as well. Uh, otherwise, we are we are one of what I say. We, we are one of the countries more digitalized countries in general. Even though the construction industry is of course way behind, twenty years behind minimum, um, and we're trying to catch up. So I think we have at least a little bit a better threshold or better way of going into this uh, compared to maybe not the UK, but if you compare to maybe southern European countries, which are a little bit behind both the UK and Scandinavia. Well, I think it's exciting times for the industry. I think there's so much happening now um, that 
is forcing our hand to become more digital, uh, to consider social value, safety, end user outcomes requirements in, in, in a way that we've never had to. And, uh, you know, it's exciting times about what we are currently building um, around the world and what we're going to build uh, for the next few decades. Uh, so I think it's the perfect time to be in the industry. Um, amazingly, that is sort of half an hour. We've probably overrun slightly. I'll get told off by Sarah. Um, so uh, if we uh, bring it to a close, uh, if uh, any of our listeners want to uh, learn more about BIMFIRE, uh, where's the best place to go, Nicholas? www.bimfiretools.com. Cool. And uh, Michael, you mentioned um, some of the research you're involved in. If someone's uh, interested in hearing more about that, do they get in touch with you or is there a website uh, for that as well? Uh, yeah, they could uh, uh, go to a website. I can send you a link uh, to the English version of our website where we have some of the research published. Perfect. And we'll put that into the uh, bio for uh, for the podcast. Uh, well, both of you, thank you very much for uh, joining us today. Uh, it's been a very interesting conversation. Uh, and I think the conversation around the Building Safety Bill will be one that will be had many a time um, uh, for, for the next couple of years, probably as it gets rolled out and implemented here in the UK. Uh, and it'll be interesting to see what happens uh, around the world uh, about how it may uh, uh, trickle into your regulations and, and the way of work around the world. Um, if uh, any of our listeners today uh, would um, like to uh, uh, put their thoughts on the Building Safety Bill forward, do get in touch. Uh, we're always keen to hear uh, the, um, the thoughts and comments from our listeners. Uh, please do remember to like, uh, subscribe and share today's podcast uh, and look forward to seeing you uh, the next episode. Thank you very much. Want to learn more about how Invent can help your business maximize its bottom line? Head on over to www.invent.com and get in touch with our team today. Thanks for joining us this week on the Construction Big Breakfast. Make sure to visit our website, www.invent.com, where you can subscribe to the Construction Big Breakfast on all platforms so you'll never miss a show. While you're at it, if you found value in the show, we'd appreciate a positive rating. Or if you'd simply share it with a friend, that would help us out too. Be sure to tune in for our next episode.